Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jiggity 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 Jam Session Podcast. I'm joined as per usual by my podcasting partner, Matthew. Uh, Guess who's back? Back again. Matthew Lissy's back. Tell us for a while. (laughs) I forget how to do this, dude. This is strange. I was I was thinking today. I'm like, do I know how to? Do I, can I remember how to talk? I'm like, well, I never knew really how to talk. So, well, let's get through this like any other pod, right, John? We always do, and we're gonna try yeah. to get you there along the way, hoping that you do remember how to talk and inform the jamsters of everything that's been going on and getting your point of view on some of these things. You know, sh- big shout out to So Says Jay who stepped in yes. when you had that migraine earlier in the week. Uh, but the, the jamsters want to know what you have to say, what your thoughts are on all the transactions that have uh, can have gone down over the past few days, uh, the additions to this team, the subtractions to this team. And of course, your thoughts on Team USA basketball, because I know you've been watching Team USA basketball as much yeah, as you can, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's actually not a bad time. 930 at night. It actually came on, I think, at nine o'clock last night. So a little bit earlier. So, yeah, I'm watching it. It's good stuff. Yeah, got it. Got to love it. Uh, and got to love all the jamsters who are joining us live, whether you're watching along on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast. We truly appreciate that. We're up to 10 five star reviews on Apple Podcasts right now. So thank you, jamsters. Thank you ever so much for going and doing that. If you are somebody who is watching the show live, when you get a chance, go and do that. You know, again, we've kind of switched channels. We're rebuilding the brand uh, without Brightside necessarily, but alongside Brightside. Uh, so we need all of that assistance that we need. Uh, if you are, again, watching, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button. And again, it's very important that you hit that little bell notification that lets you know when we go live because it is the off season and we're just going to kind of do it sporadically. I know eventually we're going to, uh, develop kind of more of a rhythm and, you know, go back to what we did last off season where I believe we did Sunday nights and Thursday nights, but we do have a lot of, uh, uh, summer league games upcoming. So we might go live after those summer Mm -hmm. league games and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, it's always good to hit that bell to let you know when we are going live. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to kick off this podcast. We're going to talk about the additions, the subtractions, and a lot of people are in the chat literally right now. It's there's chat chatter, if you will, mm. about the Suns re-signing Alfred yes, Payton. I see that. So after I pop open this here uh, Sunday prickly pear Four Peaks hard seltzer, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually check my Twitter feed while I drop the music so we can find out a little bit more about that literally live shit happening right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we appreciate you joining us. Let's do this thing. So, yes, Suns fans, welcome once again to the Suns Jam Session podcast. John and Matthew Jam. I'm John. He's Matthew. You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. Matthew, haven't had a chance to talk to you about a lot of the transactions that's going on, but Mm -hmm. it appears that a lot of the stories on Twitter are trending towards Alfred Payton, which literally has started to happen right as we went live. If it is true, if the Suns are bringing in Alfred Payton, what are your thoughts on that? 
without any research or you know, I mean, live reactions right here. It's like opening yeah. up the packs on, you know, when people are opening up like Pokemon packs, live reactions. We got it going on right now. Uh, Snorlax. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, it is like opening a Snorlax. You know, it's like I already have five of them. We already have a bunch of point guards. And uh, who knows how much time he's really going to have to play. But it's kind of weird to think like him coming back after being on the Suns. It was a quick stint. So it wasn't anything where he was here and it was anything that was heartbreaking. Suns didn't hate him or anything like that. So I think it's okay for him to come back because he is a welcoming player back to the organization. And I did see this 10 minutes ago. So I was just looking some stuff up, of course. Um, but initial reaction is, of course, he's playing, he's going to be the third guard, right? Behind campaign. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of minutes he's going to get is basically for defense. Nothing really offensively he can't do too much i mean passing the ball yes but scoring he's not going to be that guy so i i like it i mean i we didn't get to see how much he's going to be making but i'm sure it's not going to be a whole lot because of how much the suns have left to spend but mm-hmm. right now it's it's a good name you we've heard it i feel like for the past week from gambo just like that name kept coming up i'm like ah, Alfred, ah, i don't know but now <laughs> that it's here it's like you know what he's has he has a lot of minutes underneath his belt He's a guy who played for New York at 63 out of 63 games last year mm-hmm. and starting. And honestly, a little bit of playoff time last year, only a, <laughs> a couple games. But he's he's a guy you can kind of trust. So I'm, I'm kind of excited, but it's kind of iffy. It's kind of like the rest of the signing. It's kind of like, eh, we already have a good core. You know, I'm really focused on that. So anything additional, it's just just a filler spot. So what what do you think, though? Well, I mean, that's just it. You know, this is the back end of the lineup that you're trying to fill right now. And bringing in Alfred Payton, yeah, it brings you back to some times in some Suns teams in the past that were teams you want to forget about. You know, when Alfred came to the team, yeah, like I think in his first week he dropped a triple-double and we were like, this is the point guard of the future. And then like he kind of came back down to earth and, you know, he did play a total of 19 games with the Phoenix Suns back in the 2017-2018 season. He was a part of that team that did so bad that we garnered the number one pick and ultimately got DeAndre Ayton. So it's a narrative that you and I have shared in the past of, you know what, just let the past be the past. Old players coming back, you know, from previous regimes, old coaches, things of that nature. It's a, there's a reason why they're in the past. So I'm, I'm not overly excited about revisiting some of our son's past, but at the same time, like, as you mentioned, Alfred Payton is a solid pickup. He's a distributor. He's a guy who does play defense. Uh, he's a guy who I do remember when we were doing live streams right after the Knicks games last year, uh, and I would do the SB Nation Reacts segment. I would mention how upon visiting the New York Knicks SB Nation site, they hate him. <laughs> they hated him yeah. because, they, of course, they wanted Derek Rose to start. Alfred Payton was mm-hmm. getting the start for the Knicks. And he wasn't doing anything productive in the sense that Derrick Rose would. So therefore, the entire Knicks uh, organization and their fan base was really just like, dude, get this guy out of here. He's garbage. But again, if you're looking at it through that lens, if he was our starter right now and we had campaign or Chris Paul coming off the bench, of course, we would think the same thing. But he is a solid backup to the backup. And that's what you're doing right Mm -hmm. now. Backup to the backup. And although we love Etwan more and we still haven't made that decision to bring him back or not Langston Galloway as well. He is a better true point guard and distributor than Etwan Moore is. So if you get into those situations and as we discuss kind of the sun's 
lineup right now and I get your reactions on some of the additions that they they've brought in, you know, that's one thing you have to remember. Okay. The Suns are trying to roughen the outside edges of this team. And we're not thinking about the playoffs next year. We're thinking about how do we navigate the regular season in an effort to get to the playoffs. That's why bringing back Frank Kaminsky, some people are like, oh, Frank, you know, he was so horrible in the playoffs. He was unplayable at times, you know, minus like game six of the NBA finals where he finally showed up. But it, remember, he had like a 9-0 and stretch as a starter and eventually went 11-2 and as a starter for the Suns. So for segments at a time, players like Frank Kaminsky, players like Alfred Payton, they're going to give you quality minutes, fill in some different gaps that the team has. And, you know, you know, if there's uh, emergency break glass, if an injury occurs, he's a, he's a serviceable guy. Yeah, he is. And you said it too. Each one more, he's a better version of him, right? He's a guy that can come in and be like, I feel like because Etwan would get such a sporadic amount of minutes throughout the season to where it's like, I don't know if he's going to come back in next week and play or else he's going to play tomorrow. Who knows? But like if you if he, like you said, like if there's an injury, we can count on him to probably come in and play some decent minutes. And you, you're right with the New York fans. Of course, they weren't going to be too happy with him starting. I think with us starting, having him as our point guard back then when he had the triple doubles, it was kind of like, oh, maybe this is something. But obviously, of course, it's not. He's not going to be a starter. So a better Etwan Moore, it's a perfect way to put it. And he's going to be a filler for the long regular season to where, you know, we can't go out and get these superstars right now. I mean, we have we have the guys right now on our roster that will develop and be even better next year. And then we just kind of kind of fill those holes for the season, you know, kind of like what the Lakers did with Russell Westbrook. He's going to be the guy that comes in and plays 48 minutes a game because he's excited to be a Laker while LeBron takes a rest every other game. You know what I mean? So we're trying to find that version, but just smaller increments. And I think he's a perfect guy to fill. And I feel like right now, any kind of signing the Suns do, we're always we're we're with it, right? Because the Suns are winning. We trust this organization. Bingo. We're not really questioning too much. And it's just like whatever whoever they sign, we all want a JaVel McGee. I mean, I think that whoever they get, we're gonna be pretty positive about it because why would we be negative? It's nothing, we're not spending a lot of money on these guys. These guys are coming back for a mil, two mil a year. So mm-hmm. it's not gonna be a big deal in the long run at all. And yeah, that's correct. It's gonna be, it looks like a veteran minimum deal, which is ideal. It's exactly what James Jones did last year. And it's a smart way to build a roster is to put those savvy veterans at the back end of your roster for when you need them, but you're not paying too much for them. And, you know, we're not navigating into the luxury tax part of the the overall cap sheet. You got to talk, Matthew. I got a dog in here uh, oh, squeaking its toy. Oh, cute. Yeah, that's the way to do it, dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so Cameron Payne did sign, and I didn't really get my thoughts about JaVel McGee. JaVel McGee. Well, hold on. He's hold a on. Guy. I'll, 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 get to, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll, I'll set well, you up for that. Is it Chew Toys or Alfred Payton? It's, Are we going it's, McGee? It, it, it's, is it an Alfred Payton Chew Toy? What is going on? It's live TV, and I'm, I apologize for that. You know, but uh, I want to I want to kind of uh, button up Alfred Payton and then get into our guard play because, you know, you haven't given your thoughts on Javon Carter leaving Landry Shamit coming campaign. Yeah, so I, oh I, I think God, that, that's you know, like, but again, you know, 
kind of finishing the thought on Alfred Payton. I think very, very solid signing. If it is indeed true, it, the, it does leave the Suns If he doesn't take the half of the uh, mid-level exception, half of it was spent on JaVale McGee. The other half, which is just over, it's like 4.6 million, somewhere right in there, is still available for a Paul Millsap, somebody who can add, you know, uh, girth and, and depth to the front court. Uh, but I think this is a smart signing for the back court, knowing most likely that we're not going to bring back Langston Galloway uh, or each one more potentially, because we're down to essentially with Alfred Payton signing, we're down to one open roster spot and our two way contract player. Because other than that, the Suns have 13 players already signed and ready to go for the season. Not a lot mm-hmm. of turnover for this team, a lot of bringing back ple- people. And now we bring back Alfred Payton. And, you know, I mean, you know me, I always ask the stupid questions, but, uh, you know, he wore number two when he was here in 2018. Mm-hmm. What jersey number is he going to wear? Oh, probably 22, right? Because he's coming back. So it'll be DeAndre Ayton's number. And I always hate answering this. Every time I say a number, every time I say a number, uh, someone already has it. So what do you think for a number, man? I I think number two, just because he wore it before and Langston Galloway is most likely gone. So you think so? Okay. Yeah, obviously. I mean, these guys that didn't play any minutes towards the end of the year, they're just going to be gone now. Yeah. So sad. So sad. Oh, well, on to the next. So on to the next, you know, I want to hear your thoughts. You know, I got to share a lot of my thoughts with Justin on our last podcast. So this is going to be kind of the Matthew show. I wish the dog would have walked in like literally like five minutes later and I could, you'd be talking the whole time and we wouldn't have those uh, interesting little gaps we just had. Uh, but campaign resigns three years, 19 mil. What are your thoughts on campaign coming back to the desert, Matthew? Um, just like a lot of these signings, it's, it's expected. And I didn't think we would get him for that cheap, but that he would be like a three year, 30 mil dude. Uh, another team might've got crowd him for that, but he came back for three years and 19 mil, which is something that is cheap, but honestly, I mean, he can build out from this too. I mean, like we say, contracts really don't matter too much, but he can build off of this. Cause last season is like his real full season in the NBA being somebody being noticed. I mean, how many times we interview this guy about his GR, not G league, him being uh, playing overseas and then coming back and all that. We, everyone listened to everyone and their mother knows his story now. Okay. So now he's got the three year deal. He'll come in and a lot of people are saying like, I would see, Oh, they're going to figure him out next year. Defensively, these teams will figure him out. You know, he finishes so well around the rim. I think that's really difficult to figure out. I don't think he can stop that. He does a lot on offense that he can even improve on with his passing, playmaking, and all that. Because there's a lot of times during the season where he would he would go to the rim and make the incorrect pass a few times here or there, you know? And that's something that he'll probably get over. And I think that with the signing, the cheap for a backup point guard who we would have paid so much more money for years before to have him be our starting point guard before Chris Paul, because he is that caliber of player right now. And I think if the Knicks didn't have what they were going on, what they had going on right now with uh, Kemba Walker and the guys they have over there playing garbage with Derek Rose, I feel like campaigns like the perfect starter for the New York Knicks, but mm-hmm. he's with us now. And I think a lot of these guys know that they're so close to the championship and that it just helps so much with getting that deal done for the Suns to where on their end they can add the additional pieces to help them because I think campaign knows how special this team is and how close we were last year. It's just a little bit more effort, a little bit more with these guys, with our starting lineup, DeAndre and Cameron Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, those guys coming back and going up the next level, that if he's there and he goes up the next level, then they'll be even better than they were when they lost in Milwaukee. So I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I think it's a great deal. And, you know, as you mentioned, contracts don't mean much. 
I mean, just look no. at what the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers are doing. Uh, but I'll say this. It's a very tradable contract if and when you need to utilize it as an asset. That's the nice thing about it. I knew so, you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know that's you how I look tradable. at everything. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. You want, those, contra- you, you want those contracts <laughs> that if and when you need to trade them, they're appealing to another team. They can take that mm-hmm. on. It can be a filler if you need something. You know, you take this contract plus Dario Saric next offseason, and you can bring in somebody who makes, you know, $17 million a year. And that could be a quality. T- so, that, I mean, again, it's just it's such a savvy move by James Jones. It shores up the back of the uh, the guard play, you know, with Chris Paul yeah. getting older another year. You know, we know that Chris Paul is not going to stop. We know he's going to keep going as hard as he can all the time. It's just in his nature. It's how he plays the game of basketball. But in case he does need some load management or uh, does need a few games off because uh, something is ailing him. I think that we all have confidence in campaign. And now with Alfred Payton behind him, I think that we have, you know, solid depth in that area. Uh, Javon Carter, anything to say to Javon Carter as he leaves? And hello, Landry Shamit. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, we got the shooter. I think that maybe I didn't, I didn't listen to your, to your take on Shamit yet. I did listen to a little bit of the pod, but not the Shamit part. I don't know if this is a guy you really want backing up Booker. Is it? I mean, he's a shooter. He's a guy, he's a little bit more length. Uh, I think he's just more of a veteran guy, a guy out there that really knows what he's doing, right? When you put him in the offense, you need to get some stuff done on offense. I think he's a guy you can count on. He's a guy that I feel like maybe we can trust. There's some shots I think he missed in the past that people are upset about and think that he can't come through in a clutch situation, but that's not really on his shoulders with this offense and with the second team. I think he can just run the offense and be that shooter behind Booker. And I think that's the first thing you – wanted the sons to do is you know shore up that shooting behind him try to find a guy that can come in and shoot the ball and i think he can be that guy i like but just like all these signings it's not really like it's so weird to like really have a reaction on these guys because you just have to wait to see them in a son's uniform and see Mm -hmm. them with that team because it's going to be a different experience i mean if you were to say oh we got cameron Payne before that last season you know we we don't know what to expect but look at how well he played within the sun's offense and it might be the same thing with Shamit. So these guys might evolve in a way to where we're not going to be used to seeing them play the way were the way they were used before. So it's just it's kind of a wait and see thing, and it's nothing that's like negative. And Javon Carter, I I was a big fan of, but he just wasn't being played. So I think James Jones and Monty are just looking for those guys that they can give minutes later on in the season because we had a great bench, right? Our depth mm-hmm. was so deep. And that's all we talked about going to playoffs. And we only played eight players every single game, it seemed like. And these players were losing their minutes, and Javon wasn't there. Etwan Moore never played. Uh, and then um, Langston Galloway never played. So I think they're just looking for those guys they can count on in the playoffs, too. And I know that's looking far ahead. And I'm just thinking, Chris Paul, is he going to get some minutes off? Is he going to have some nights off? We'll, we'll say that now, and I might think that now. But I think by the time next season starts, it's like, no, Chris Paul's not taking a night off. He's playing 35, no. 40 minutes a game. <laughs> so good luck fighting minutes, Shamit. But I think he, he's a good guy to back up both Book and Chris Paul. Yeah, I think, you know, when, when you get to the playoffs, you're not going to go 14, 15 deep. That's just no team's going to do that. That's not how you play successful basketball. Uh, it's interesting to maybe sprinkle guys in here and there throughout a series, but overall, you're not going to play them deep, but you need to have a deep team to survive the regular season for the reasons that I said, you know, injuries, uh, nagging things, load management, um, 
COVID, a lot, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons why you need to be as deep as possible. And Landry Shamit is somebody who will be a rotation guy come playoffs next year. Like that's a fact. He will be a guy who will come off the bench and spell Devin Booker and, and have the ability to sustain offense uh, while Booker's sitting and, you know, most likely will play alongside campaign and probably get minutes with Chris Paul. I don't see a lot of Booker Landry Shamit minutes in 2021, 22 season, you know, but I think that again, he's, He's a lot more serviceable than Javon Carter was. He has a little bit more size to him. He's definitely a better shooter. And he's somebody who, it's like you said, you know, we got to see what he looks like in a son's uniform, how he fits into this system. But James Jones wouldn't go and make a trade for a guy who doesn't fit within his system. And, you know, again, it's, it's a nice feeling for the second consecutive season to go, you know, in James Jones, we trust. Like some of these guys are names we know. That's always nice. I remember, you know, when Ryan McDonough was here, he'd pick up guys for the 14th, 15th spot on the roster. And you're like, who the fuck is that guy? No idea who that yeah. dude is. Don't know how he meshes well with yeah. the team. You know, whereas with James Jones, you can always kind of see you're like, ah, okay. I see what he did there. I like that move. Good, smart move. So, you know, Landry Shamit. So now, you know, if you look at the kind of depth chart for the Suns, you got Booker and Paul starters. Then you got campaign and you have Landry Shamit. And then you have uh, Alfred Payton behind them. So, you know, again, with one more and Tyshawn Alexander, most likely will come back on that two way contract. So there you go. That's all your guards. And that's the one interesting that thing that, uh, you know, at the back end of this podcast, we'll kind of talk about guys who are still out there on the market because I don't think we need to look for any more guard play. You know, we saw that last season. We had too many guards and I've said it before on this pod and I'll say it again. I think the reason for that was the exact reason I was talking about moment or, you know, a few moments ago was with Chris Paul, you don't know what you're going to get. So you want to make sure you backfill that guard play as much as you can. Well, I think that now we realize, okay, you probably need to backfill some of those wings or the bigs rather than, you know, have carry with you six extra guards on a team. Right. Yeah. And I, and hopefully it's nothing to do with like having to go small because I think there's a few times right last year where Monty tried to play a small ball lineup. And I mean, if we, found anything out in the, in the playoffs you know you got to be a little bit big nowadays no matter what they said the years before where you know bigs didn't matter but now it's all about size and i think the suns have size on all the right spots it's just about getting those reps and just building up from you know going into your fourth or fifth year in the league you know you got to get better got to get bigger and i think yep. <laughs> we have yep. those guys just and you're right dude just no more guards i think we're we're pretty good there for right now all right, so JaVale McGee signs for one year, $5 million. He takes half of the mid-level exception. What are your thoughts on hashtag JaVale McGee finally getting right yeah. and joining the Suns, man? No, it's awesome. I mean, we wanted him last year, and I think um, I thought we were going to get him as soon as we swept the Nuggets, and then Chris Paul was talking to him after the last game. And, like They were talking like buddy-buddy, kind of like, what happened midseason? Why did I not get signed? Why did I not, you know, because – He's Chris Paul's probably like because Monty loves Sarich. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> the big juicy booty, he's not gonna not play that guy, so you wouldn't have any minutes. So now that he's gone, McGee can slip in and he can be that guy. And uh I, I'm I'm happy for it. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be any a real difference maker when it comes to like him playing alongside DeAndre Ayton or some you know, weird stuff like that. He's not of course he's just gonna be the back of coming and fill yeah. those minutes and get the boards, which is perfect. I mean, nothing more than that. And one year, five mil, I don't think it's overpaying the guy. I think he'll give you those really good games. And then, you know, off the bench, and then sometimes he won't. He'll get dunked on three or four times, which is, you know, what he does. But, I mean, we're all there for him. He's a Capricorn, so he needs people, you know, to look out after him. And I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are the great <laughs> leaders in the locker room to do that. I'm, 
totally joking, dude. Oh, the, <laughs> I know. The, this I know. guy, I'm this guy, here. I'm just, I'm, it's kind of weird to get him because it's like the one guy we've always wanted since last season and we actually got him. I just don't feel like that's really ever happened with us wanting somebody because it's like, oh, we want to back a point guard. Oh, Shamit. Who even thought about Shamit? Who even thought about getting that guy? But we got McGee and we've been saying his name for a while. So welcome to the team. Yeah, welcome to the team again. You're right. I, it's funny because I put on brightsideofthesun.com. Great place to read and find all your favorite Phoenix Suns content. Uh, I put out, you know, kind of free agency targets, guys that I would like them to pursue. And I don't get any of them right ever. It's like none of my guys are ever. No one does. The ones, yeah, I, we. it's really just. A Who had Alfred time. Payton? Who had Alfred Payton as a backup? So. <laughs> no, no one. You know, Nobody. and all of a sudden now, now he's going to be back, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but then I, and the nice thing about Alfred Payton coming back is he doesn't have that annoying hair anymore. So it's like I can actually enjoy watching yeah. him. You know, That's the like, thing of the past, I think, for a lot of guys now. Yeah, let so. that let, let that go. Um, but, yeah, I think that McGee's going to be obviously a welcomed addition, uh, you know, Brings the size, has some athleticism, is an Olympian. You know, he's over there with Devin Booker right now. So yes. I'm very excited for him to come. And then you see uh, James Jones re-signs Abdul Nader and Frank Kaminsky. So yes. what, what are your <laughs> thoughts on those guys coming back? So we're bringing the whole goddamn band back, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, Nader is just, he's a guy that uh, Monty loves. And it's weird because when you watch him last year, there's just so many times he's so close to being a pretty good player, a pretty good guy to count on when he comes in and he uh, he lets Booker, whoever else, even the small forward position at the time, just take a rest because he can play that position, small forward, shooting guard. Defensively, you love it. Offensively, he's almost there. So I feel like could we just get a stretch of him playing consistent minutes? Because I know he had a lot of the injury stuff last year. And as soon as he was healthy, he'd come in and play 10 minutes next night. So obviously there's something in him and he's cheap. He's come, he's come back for cheap like the rest of these guys. Yep. And who else would even gave him like a contract really after watching him play last season and the years before? I mean, he's 27. Uh, he's going into his fourth year now in the NBA. So there's no not a whole lot to look at. And like I don't think a lot of teams would even sign him. So I think he's very, very lucky that Monty likes him and that they can have a relationship of him coming off the bench and being, you know, a guy that gets to the rim that can actually finish, play the defense because he's long and irritating. He hustles. I mean, you can see it on his face and his body language. He's there to play. Like he has the game inside him. I just think it's going to take some time this season to get it out. I just hope he can stay healthy, and I hope that he can actually give us those consistent minutes because I would love to see him be the guy that's like, oh, shit, remember when we used to talk crap about Nader? Last year it was like that. Remember we used to talk crap a little bit, and then he'd have a good game. Yeah, and be like, yeah all your Nader haters. He was up and, and down. <laughs> he was up and down, but I think he can be more of a consistent guy if he gets the minutes. And Frank Kaminsky, uh, welcome back, dude. What else you got to say about that? Just love well, that Frank back, I, right? I think that both of these guys coming back, are, is beneficial to this team because one, they know the system and two, they know the culture and three, they are both, they, they both fit into both the system and the culture, you know, Nader, as much as we like to, to dog on him for, you know, just some, I mean, he'll miss layups and stuff, you know, and he'll take some bad threes and, but, but you know what? He has hustle and grit and he's somebody who has the willingness to, to take the ball to the rim and be aggressive and we are a team that typically is more of a finesse team than a power team. But when you have a wing like him and you're looking at the wing market, you're sitting there. We, we know that people are paying overpaying for some wings right now. I mean, you look at some of the contracts that were distributed in free agency thus far, and you're just like, whoa, hold on. You know, like 
Uh, let me let me think of a good one. Let's see. Uh, a good wing player. Norman Powell. Five years, $90 million. Okay. I mean, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of dough for Norman Powell. You know, DeMar DeRozan, I wouldn't know if I'd go as far to call him all the way to a wing, uh, but he's a he's you know shooting guard slash small forward. Three years, $85 million. Do you think that's ridiculous? So I like I like that he got paid, and I think that Chicago did a good job of picking kind of like what it reminds me of. Just that's really a lot quick. of cash, man. That's $28 Gordon, million a year. I know, I know. It is like Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. I'm just saying, you got to fill the spots. You got to pay these guys. And like like a team might want him next year to build if he's like a missing piece and might trade away some guys to get that contract away that's what happens no one's really stuck with these contracts you're right just dead in the water it never happens right you're you're right i I just like the signing and these teams and these teams are going to spend their money right like no one's going to sit there yeah and just be like well nope we're not spending any of the money so they're going to throw the big money uh, at these guys but again you know when you look at the suns we don't have that kind of money to throw at a wing we're, no. And so we have to look at kind of the, the market for wings and go, okay, who's somebody who can bring what we want, somebody who's going to fit in our system, somebody who is part of our culture. And you're like, well, we had Al Del Nader last year. He wasn't horrible. Okay. He did get injured and he was out for quite a long time and Monty put him right back into the playoffs, <laughs> but he is an aggressive player who, uh, who I'm a fan of, you know, and, and we'll see if he does develop, as you mentioned, you know, he's a guy, I think he's going to his fourth year, fourth or fifth year. And he's somebody who has the capacity to do that. So we'll see if that actually occurs. But I think it's a smart signing. And it's the same thing with Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky gives you something different than JaVale McGee does. Okay, They're both seven-footers, but they're two completely different seven-footers. One is a defensive guy on the interior who has a little bit of athleticism, has uh, some shot-blocking ability. The other guy likes to hang out on the outside, shoot threes, and is really technically unsound. So it gives you kind of different pieces to play with after DeAndre Ayton, if you're playing a certain team on a Tuesday night in Memphis and they no longer have Jonas Valachunas in there, so you compound the interior, you're probably going to bring JaVale McGee in. But if you're playing a team like the the Golden State Warriors and they are more of a finesse team, you can play you know Frank Kaminsky to hit a, bring him in, maybe hit a couple threes and connect the offense with Mikhail Bridges and things of that nature. So the flexibility is huge and again it's guys who you know you know what you're getting with these guys with the hope that they develop a little bit more to their game you're not bringing in some rando hoping that they're going to assist you're you're bringing in a known asset and i think that that's smart and that's what you have to do right now and and that's what james jones has done yeah no i hope it's that way i hope it's like oh we're playing this team and we can put a frank in because this year it was basically frank or nothing we have to put him in and see if he works see if he can do something to help us. And he did spark us in game six a little bit in the finals, but I just, he's just, he's that player. I feel like, I don't know if he's going to play to the matchups as much. I, I hope maybe he could be, maybe he does develop more. I feel like he's more of just who he is, just like McGee is who he is now. So I think you're just not going to see as much as Frank. I think it's just to bring him back to bring up to fill in the roster spot. But I feel like McGee's just going to get anytime Aiden's out. It's like McGee come in, you know, and, and it depends if you're playing the Warriors. A lot of these Western teams now have the big guys. So you don't, you know what I mean? Even Anthony Davis. I mean, if you're playing the Lakers, he's probably going to play the center spot this year. He yep. has to just put him there. If he does, he, of course he shoots the three, but no one can even guard him anyways. So I think you're just looking for, someone to fill a spot with him and no, no one better than Frank to take again. Yeah. Frank, Frank can totally be the 14th or 15th guy off the bench and I'm okay with that. And I think he's okay with that. And again, that's what you want. And, you know, obviously one of the X factors will be Jalen Smith. 
Uh, I think that, yes. you know, Sorry. we'll go. Do you think we should go live after the summer league games? You down to do that? The first one's on the eighth. Yeah, we can. Uh, I don't think I have NBA TV. Um, but cause I think the, the, fir- the first game... one's on ESPN too. Yeah, no, we yeah. can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to sit and talk about sticks after, you know, what we see. And I think that that's going to be yeah. really fun. Uh, you know, this, the summer league is watching development of sticks because all eyes will be on him in summer league games in Las Vegas, because if he does show signs of development and there is a possibility that he gets more minutes for the Phoenix suns, obviously he meets some needs too. not necessarily a full on center, but somebody who can be a good backup at that power forward position and, uh, and gives you again, more flexibilities with your lineups. If you want to play some big lineups and you're bringing cam Johnson in as like the three, I mean, again, there's just so many options, and it comes down to his development. Yeah, well, and that's what's so fun about this is the Suns were just in the championship, and now we get to watch Sticks, a, a developing player, playing the summer league. You know what I mean? Usually mm-hmm. these players from the teams that just won or that just contended, you don't get to watch them. You don't really care. But he didn't even play last year, of course, and everyone knows that when he did come back later in the season, he looked a little bit better like he knew what he was doing. So it's going to be interesting, of course, not to get too overhyped if he looks good, puts up 20 and 10 or something crazy like that. It's like it's just summer league, but still, any kind of progress would be fun to watch. That's better than like a two and four night, you know? Yeah, and honestly, who knows? I'm just so excited to watch him because I just don't know what to expect. A lot of these players on the Suns, I'm not saying it's Mikel or DeAndre, but we don't even know those guys' ceilings yet, right? We still don't. This is their first full season playing in the championship, playing all those minutes, and then they got to come back next year after a small summer, see what they have. Yes. But then Jalen Smith, it's like we don't even know what to what to expect at all. We for, I forgot he even shot threes when he came in. I think it was a postseason where he hit like a corner three when a blowout win. And I was just like, oh, I forgot he shoots threes. So we get to look forward to that stuff. And it just makes it fun as a Suns fan because you know he's going to be – interesting it's either going to be eh, or else going to be like oh, all right we got something special here that could back up and cam johnson's our power forward next year right i keep seeing him as a backup. Nah, he's our power he'll, forward he'll right? be our back he'll be a backup he'll be a backup. i think he's our starting four you want to make a bet right now i bet you right now that he starts in okay oh i like this so let's do it well we got first a game oh, so you're saying first game we'll see i'm not first gonna game, go first, i'm starter. not i'm not gonna go first game i'm gonna say who gets more starts at the power forward position jay crowder or cameron johnson i'm going jay crowder on this through the whole season, season? through the whole season, okay. I'm going because, Cam Johnson. Okay, what do you want to bet? I don't know. If it's a whole season, we're going to be different people by the end. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with some, but maybe we'll let the Jamsters say. I mean, yeah. James Jones and and the Phoenix Suns are paying Jay Crowder for a reason. They're not paying him to be a backup. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, so you look at what the Suns have left. If the Alfred Payton transaction does actually occur, that leaves them with one final roster spot. So before I bring up a list of some of the key free agents, what do you think that roster spot should be? Who, not not who, but what position do you think they should be targeting with that final roster spot? So I like the idea um, of <clears throat> just, can you get someone that can back up the four and five? Someone like a Jalen Smith. Let's say it's somebody that can just back up Jalen Smith to see because if we hit on Jalen Smith, he could play some decent minutes, and that's our backup. We can split him between Aiden, uh, behind Cameron Johnson <laughs> and Jay Crowder in that crowd. Cameron Johnson, 6'8", 210. I think he's uh, probably going to gain 10 pounds this offseason. He'll be a power forward. Um, I'll just leave it at that. But anyways, I just think that if we can get that guy 
to really spell those minutes and maybe that someone can that can play inside and outside it's a lot to ask for but i don't know really who's out there too much i know the name um gosh i can't forget what is his freaking name paul Millsap. i yes. i was listening on the way home and Gambo said there's probably no chance of getting him, but he'd be the perfect guy to really fill in that spot. And I think that's all we really need going into next season. Some guy like a Paul Millsap. Okay. I see. I'm kind of in, I'm more of the, the wing versus a big, a versatile big, because I think that you have DeAndre Ayton, you have JaVale McGee, you have Frank Kaminsky, like at the end, and you do have Jalen Smith there. And I think that that's, kind of a, a bundle right there. And then the guards, you have the same thing. You have the five that we mentioned earlier, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Landry Shamit, Cameron Payne, and now potentially Alfred Payton. So I think it's kind of the middle of that lineup where we need a little bit more assistance. I think you have Mikhail Bridges, you have Cameron Johnson coming off the bench who could potentially uh, back up Mikhail Bridges. Then you have Abdul Nader as well. So, I mean, you know, in that little wing area, I always feel like you can never have too many wings. So I think that, we need probably another uh, wing player, somebody who could play small forward and power forward more than somebody who, need, who can play power forward and center. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. We'll see. I see a lot of people in the chat and a lot of people have been talking about it. So I'll let, I'll let you kind of respond to this. What are your thoughts on Andre Iguodala? Well, I just, Shams just said that he, he named three teams that are really interested and, in him. And of course, it's the three teams that everybody's been going to, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which probably doesn't mean too much. I mean, maybe it, I mean he knows his shit, so who knows? But I would love him. I would love him. I think uh Mikhail said something about wanting him on the team, but even if he doesn't play that much, just a veteran presence and just someone that you know knows how to win. I think that's really what we're trying to fill the holes too with because you're gonna have these younger guys like Cam Johnson, Mikhail play a lot of minutes, and he'd be the perfect fit. I think he would be awesome, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, Shams reported that he's interested in going to the Brooklyn Nets, the Golden State Warriors, or the Los Angeles Lakers, just like every other free agent old guy this offseason. They end up on one of those three teams right now. And you got people going back and forth in the chat. You know, they want him. Um, he's washed up. He's ring chasing. You know, I do think that he'd be a good addition to the team just because he would be a good veteran to have. He's a winner. Yeah. He's a champion and be a great guy for Mikhail Bridges to have an opportunity to pick his brain. Uh, but I don't think that there's any chance that we're going to get him uh, at all. So uh, I'm going to bring up right now just a, a list of some of the guys who are currently out there. Uh, mm -hmm. This is from at the Hoop Central on Twitter. You have Kawhi Leonard, who is most likely going to sign with the Clippers. He just does his own thing and does it on his own watch. Uh, Larry Markkinen is an interesting name. He's somebody who a lot of Suns fans have kicked around in the past. What are your thoughts on Larry Markkinen? Well, right now he's just going to be too expensive, right? I feel like a team yeah. like um, I think the Hornets or something were looking into him, and that would be awesome fit for him. But That's maybe right. last year, someone, of course. But Laurie Markkinen, why get him when you have uh, Cameron Johnson, dude? You know, <laughs> so I'm not I'm Laurie not Markkinen plays him. no defense, man. Yeah, and I feel like that's a starter too. And you have the chemistry. You don't want a guy in there that might not be a starter and then want the starting minutes. It's like you know what? You don't want to deal with that, dude. You yep. don't want to mess up with what the Suns have right now. Precisely. You're looking for team first kind of guys. And Laurie Markin is probably a guy who is not going to get what he thinks he should in his first true free agency. So he might go a one year prove it deal at, to someplace where he's going to get that playing time, which he wouldn't necessarily get in Phoenix. Or he is going to be signed by a lower level team like the Charlotte Hornets, who will pay him the money. Uh, Reggie Jackson. I don't think the Suns will pursue him, although I think that he's kind of a solid guy. I read that he uh, he's burned a lot of bridges 
And that's kind of one of the reasons he hasn't been picked up yet. Uh, Avery, Avery Bradley is somebody who I kind of like, but again, like I'm, I'm kind of over the guards. I don't think we need guards. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, I'm done with the guards. I'm, there's not enough minutes right now, yep. <laughs> especially Den- for a guy like him that wants Den- minutes. Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, Paul Millsap, as you mentioned, Josh Hart's yeah. kind of an interesting one. What do yeah. you think of Josh Hart? Remember when he was I part of that, that Lakers team that was like that yeah. young core and Josh Hart was kind of, you know, it was like him, Lonzo, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle. That was a good team, man. They good job, LeBron, just completely blowing up their future. Now, granted, they've won a championship since, and now every old guy is taking his yeah. wheelchair to LA. Dude. But I mean, Josh Hart was a he's a nice player, man. That team was I remember at the time too, and we hate the Lakers, right? But I was yep. just like, that team, I feel like just give them two or three years. Like they're gonna be very, very solid. They have the right pieces. They have everything they need. They have their backup in Josh Hart, who is probably not as expensive as he would have been last year. But mm-hmm. I just think right now it's not going to fit. I mean, even like the next guy you're talking about, Kelly Oubre. Yeah. I, oh, Kelly I, Oubre is going to the Kings, I think, right? I just saw something about that. He's going to be what, traded really? to the Kings. I what swear f- I just saw that. What the fuck are the Kings doing, man? Like, So their draft, their draft alone, like they already have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And who did the Sacramento Kings take in the draft? Do you remember? Um, no, I don't remember. Sorry, man. Oh God. Uh, uh, Davion Mitchell. They took Donovan Mitchell's little brother. Who's like six foot one. Like, I just don't understand what the Kings do, man. They're they're sitting there. They've got like what the ninth pick or something. And they go and they they take Davion Mitchell. It's a bunch of really quality guys. I don't know. I just, I never understand them. So yeah, Kelly Oubre, go play for Sacramento. Or it's, it's the Hornets too, I guess. I don't know. I saw the Kings, I swear, but they're saying the Hornets now within the last hour. So well, I just I hope mean, Uber and the Hornets would be awesome. That that'd is a perfect fun. spot. Go there. I would root for Kelly there. I think that'd be a nice, nice fit for him. But I don't think that we need to bring him back for kind of some of the, re- no. the same reasons. Uh, and Code JJM says, Davion Mitchell looks really good so far, though. Yeah, he does. But at the same time, like you're playing in the in a, on a team that just paid uh, De'Aaron Fox a shit ton of money, and then they drafted Tyrese Halliburton. Like that's their backcourt of the future. I don't think Davion Mitchell fits into that. Uh, Andre Aguidalo, as we mentioned, I don't think they're going to keep Fox, though. Sorry, I think Fox is going to be like a trade piece later on. It is, but that's a massive yeah. contract. You know, it's and we yeah. know contracts don't matter, but still, that's a massive one <laughs> that you have that you have to pass. Uh, JJ Reddick, somebody I really like. And yeah. I wanted the Suns to pursue him, but once I heard Alfred Payton, that was kind of dead in the water. I think he's going to end up with the Nets, but he's nice. He would have been a great addition to this team, man. Reuniting with Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, he's a solid veteran guy that can just come out and shoot, and he still has that too. Um, he's not really someone you can really you have to count on and put a lot on his shoulders, but I think he can just come in and spill those minutes when you a ball game whenever uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul can't get it going. You know, he can come in and rack up some points. Yeah, he's just one of those kind of fire starters <laughs> off of the bench. Why old man like, take? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Rack up some points. <laughs> and then you have uh, Hamadou Diallo. I Diallo, yeah. Uh, Stanley Johnson, Denzel Valentine. Justice Winslow is a guy that I'd like to see the Suns pursue. Now, it's okay. funny because I was on the podcast with Justin last time, and I was talking a lot about Otto Porter. I really wanted Otto Porter. I think that he's a, he would be a great addition. Of course, he goes to the Golden State Warriors. I think Justice Winslow would be a nice fit for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, you know, again, I think he's one of those guys who might be on a prove it kind of situation, so he might not necessarily uh, want to come to the Suns. But he's a career backup. He's somebody who is six foot six, plays that wing, small forward, shooting guard, and power forward. He, he has that uh, versatility. 
And he's somebody who, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the way he plays, he plays underneath the the three-point line. He's not going to jack up a bunch of threes. But I really think that he has the hustle and he has, you know, the defense that could really assist this team. He's not going to be an offensive threat for this team. But you bring him in and you can have some really good, some interesting second-team defensive units. No, I agree with you. And it's strange because two years ago, I don't think the Miami Heat wanted to let him go at all. Like it was no. very interesting to let him go in a trade or anything. And then finally, yes, like, all right, you can take off and then nothing really happened with him. You know, sometimes you have those players where you think you hit on something, you're going to wait a little bit. And I feel like you got to give it maybe three years of max. But then after that, if he's not hitting, you got to let him go. And I think that they finally did. And I just don't know what to expect from him. I don't think it's really a team chemistry kind of thing to, to bring him in. I don't think he has like an attitude problem or anything like that. I just don't know really how he would. I know what you just said, like small 40 plays, like every position, all that. Yeah. That would be great. I just don't know how consistent he can be to come in and give you those minutes. Kind of like Abdul Nader, where you haven't seen so much of him. Because Winslow like had his career before, and I feel like the last two seasons, it's just like, what are you? What are we watching here? What is going on, really? So I haven't seen too much of his second part of his career yet to really have a whole opinion on him. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, though, or where he goes. Yeah, and again, you know, we're talking about potentially the last spot, but if you get a good quality guy, a Millsap or a Justice Winslow, that guy will definitely get some rotational minutes throughout the regular season. So I mean, there's still guys out there who the Suns have the capacity to pursue, and hopefully, it is one of those guys. Uh, so I, I got a question for you now. Now that, you know, for the most part, free agency has settled, right? Like there's still some guys out there. We just went through a list of guys who have, you know, not signed yet with the team who the, could potentially be targets for the Phoenix Suns. But I'm going to ask you this question. And uh, I didn't ask you this before the pod. So let's see what you say. Is Phoenix a free agent destination? You know, one of the things that we always talk about is how the culture has really shifted here and how we've seen, you know, them go from a team where nobody showed up here to where now we have talked ourselves into believing that Phoenix truly is a free agent destination. It's one of the things like, hey, you know, with Chris Paul here now, guys are going to come. Guys are going to come. So far, the guys who have come is Landry Shamit via trade. We re-sign campaign. We re-sign Abdul Nader. We re-sign Frank Kaminsky. We bring back Alfred Payton. Like, there's not a ton of newness on this team. So I'll ask you again, Matthew, what are your thoughts? Is Phoenix truly a free agent destination? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to just talk about Phoenix itself, all right? So if the, if you're not playing in the regular season or in the in the finals in August and September, that's a win, all right? those are These are the two worst months to really be here, I think. July is hot, but July, July sucks. But August, but August, August I feel like, just sucks worse. You know what I mean? If you can get over early July, that's fine. So the schedule, if it were to end early July, it's perfect. Uh, for other reasons, I mean, we have... Uh, Devin Booker, who has brought really a name to Phoenix. I mean, it starts with him, man. I mean, even watching him, we'll get into the Olympics here in a second. Mm-hmm. Even watching him in interviews, like after the game, he is just the same guy every time. He's so chill. He just is all about winning no matter what game he's playing, no matter who he is playing for, the, the USA team or the Phoenix Suns. He wants to make history here, and I think a lot of people do see that now, of course. The, the addition of Chris Paul and then them actually coming over, having a successful season, and it's like, okay, so Devin Booker's going to be there probably the rest of his career unless something just crazy happens. Yeah, that's a destination for real. But I think just Phoenix as a whole, I know L.A., everyone wants to be in L.A., Hollywood, and all that fake bullshit, but Phoenix is a great place to live during the season, I think, and I think a lot of players will see that. And they, I mean, they do know that, right? A lot of players have houses out here in Scottsdale mm-hmm. and stuff, 
but it's it's like the next California. It's as close as you can get to California without the crazy traffic and all the fucking like just the weird stuff that goes on over there. I mean, there's weird stuff here too, but it's not as crazy yet. So get here while it's good. And then spend a few years and win some championships. I think that's a lot of players are looking at it that way. It's like, how close could I get to LA while winning, while living in a in a in a space that's not so crowded and has great temperature during the time we're playing? I think that's Phoenix, man. Well, it's like Haydot Zero says in the chat. He says, "Too bad no one is really looking to come here." You know, because you just listed a ton of reasons why Phoenix is potentially a free agent destination, but you take a look at this free agency thus far and we haven't been a primary destination for guys to come and, and take some of those pay cuts. Like we've talked about, you know, Cameron Payne took a pay cut. He took the hometown discount and that's big because that shows you, it shows from the outside looking in, Hey, a guy who's already been there is willing to stay there and take less money instead of going and playing for the Knicks or wherever other, his offers were coming from because he likes it there. But still, we aren't bringing in a ton of the other players that we could have for lesser deals. You look at Brooklyn, okay? They bring in Patty Mills on a two-year, $12 million deal. That's $6 million. They brought back Bruce Brown. They got James Johnson, who's a UFC fighter for the veteran minimum. Blake Griffin, veteran minimum, okay? You look at Golden State. They bring in Otto Porter and uh, Bialica, somebody who I really like, both on veteran minimum deals. Okay, you look at the Lakers. Uh, they bring back Taylor Horton Thunder, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker on a three-year, thirty-two million dollar deal. They bring in Kendrick Nunn for two years, ten, so that's nothing. They bring Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Kemp Paysmore, and Malik Monk all in on veteran minimum deals. So again, there's the cherry pick inside of that. People see the, and they also brought in Carmelo Anthony, but they 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 see those destinations and they see the potential to win a championship, and they're like, I want to be a part of that. And even though the Suns went to the NBA Finals this past season, nobody said, hey, let's try to – I'm interested in going to Phoenix. I want to be a part of that because I think I can go win a championship there. So I think that the Suns are kind of like that. Those three teams, the Nets, the Warriors, and the Lakers, are kind of this tier one of free agent destinations where you're going to take a home uh, some sort of a discount. And Phoenix probably follows into the second one. And I see a lot of people are saying in the chat, you know, it's like, hey, it's all about – chemistry and it's our, our team culture looks for guys for fit and all that is definitely true and i think that that's why i like what the Suns have done because we are truly developing a team versus a bunch of mercenaries right no you're totally right and honestly those players you listed though i mean if you're talking about players that want to come here and win i feel like that happened last year right with chris paul and uh, jay crowder i mean that's, it took a lot of the pulling right them like hey, hey this is this is it. This is you got to come here. You got to start this. That was the beginning. There's not really a lot of players I was looking at this year. Be like, oh, you, you got to go get them. Like, if there was really a name out there, like if Kawhi was realistic, and the Suns were a top ten team, which they were listed as supposedly a top ten destination in some article. I don't even know who it was from, but it, it's true though. I think right now when you have these superstars looking to play. One, you got Booker. Chris Paul, who knows how long he's going to be here. He probably won't be here more than three more years, obviously. So the next the next tier of guys that come through are going to be looking for Phoenix because of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I think DeAndre Ayton, I mean, from what I've seen in his Instagram and stuff, he's getting back to work, doing his, uh, his camp out there in the Bahamas. But he's all focused in, too, like Booker, it seems like, in that way. Mikhail Bridges. So you have that here. Mm -hmm. And when players get to the point when they're in their eighth year, their 12th year, 
you know, they just want to win a championship, but they still are at their peak. They still can play. I feel like Phoenix will be that destination for them. I think it is right now. I don't, you know, a lot of these guys right now that are in the free agency, I'm just like, I don't really care. You know, yeah. no, you're right. I, I still will not rule out Kawhi because I'm weird like that. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if I woke up one day and we trade some some guys like Mikhail and maybe Cameron Johnson for Kawhi or something weird like that because Kawhi really wants to come here. So I wouldn't be surprised at that either. Well, I mean, you kicked it off with the right answer. You know, this isn't the free agency in which we proved that we're a free agent destination. Last free agency was when we brought in a lot of those veteran minimum guys like Langston Galloway, like Etwan Moore, like Chris Paul, who wanted to come here via sign and trade, essentially, uh, to establish that culture. And now we're just fine tuning the edges. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like Alfred Payton or Patty Mills. Like I want Patty Mills every day and twice on yes. Sunday. You know, so I mean, there are some opportunities out there that i feel like the suns didn't miss but on the same note this is kind of a poor free agent class and i think that it's really important that the the team tries to run it back uh james jones said it very well a while ago but he said if you have team success only then can you throw in a selfish individual or as i call them a mercenary into the bunch and be and to be, uh, be able to withstand it And i feel like with a lot of those teams that we mentioned they have thrown in too many mercenaries and it might hurt the overall team um, but that being said, after everything said and done, who do you think has had the best free agency so far? Oh, um, I, I like the Bulls and I like the Hornets. I like the Hornets, what they did. <clears throat> they continue to get better. Uh, Lonzo Ball going to the to the Bulls. On paper, they look great. Um, uh, DeRozan, I told you I'm a fan of the contract, mm-hmm. even though just to get him there, to get those names out there. I think those two with Levine and then uh, – who didn't they get someone else? My bad, dude. They grabbed someone who, else. Who, who the Chicago? The Bulls? Yeah, yeah, they got Lonzo mostly. Ball, Alex Caruso. Caruso was the other yeah, one. I love that one. Right. I was actually hoping the Suns could do something. But he got signed for a lot, but I'm like, yeah. I don't care. That guy can play off the bench, play his ass off, and I think that's a great signing. I'm really happy with them. And I, I think basically everyone did great besides the Pelicans. <laughs> I don't know what the, the Pelicans, Pelicans man. They're getting How rid they- of their team like – how do you get rid of Lonzo Ball? I mean, are they I trying just, to let Zion walk? Like, is that know. their goal? Is like when Zion's rookie contracts up, like they want him gone? There's like, we already did it with Anthony Davis with the number one pick. We can't have an. Oh, you gave us another number one pick. Okay, we'll get rid of him too. I mean, because they brought in Devonte Graham, they got yes. Garrett Temple, they got a uh, uh, Sadaransky. I mean, that's their starting backcourt. Is Devontae Graham and Tomas oh, Sadaransky. Zion's like, out of there soon. Dude, like none of I those mean, guys are even playmakers. What happened? I just want to ask you, like, what happened to where you go from Lonzo and a lot of people are on his side feeling like he's going to be a good player? He is. Give him the freaking ball to be point mm-hmm. guard in your system. See what happens. And you, you just let him go and then you get Devontae Graham. What happened in the organization for that? Oh, wait, probably because they're called the Pelicans. <laughs> you just, name. you're called the Pelicans, dude. Change your name. I'm serious. That would make a big difference to who you get in free agency. Well, they also traded for Valachunas, <laughs> so they clogged the paint even more. And they got Brandon Ingram, who already is like, he wants to be the Stephen Adams effect. Yeah, oh, times man. two. <laughs> they just, I just, what? I don't know what they're doing. Oh uh, I do God. think that Brooklyn is going to be pretty hard to beat next year, man. I mean, they already have three of the best oh, players yeah. in the league, and then you add those fringe players. I mean, adding adding Patty Mills, adding James Johnson, bringing back Blake Griffin. Uh, I just think they did a really good job, and I think that they're going to be really tough to beat in the East. Obviously, I think the Suns have done a good job. I think that you know this is a team that we didn't add all the flashy names, but we've stuck true to who we are, 
and we've kept our chemistry intact, and that's unbelievably important. Couple that with the fact that this young core not only just went through an entire postseason, so they they have that confidence and that experience, but they're also young and they're ready to get better. The only thing, obviously, that scares me as we enter the next season is the small break. I don't want to see the Miami Heat effect like we saw this past year where the Miami Heat kind of stumbled out of the gates just because a lot of them were tired. But they also had a lot of COVID issues down there because they are in Florida and Florida's ass backwards. People wear their masks, but they wear them on their ass because they're that backwards. So I think that, you know, that's obviously my one concern entering the next season. We have got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. We've got some summer uh, league games and preseason things of that nature. So Could I con- I've heard that before the Miami, but you have to realize too, Miami didn't have DeAndre and Mikel Bridges coming into their fourth year that are going to be all-star contenders. They're going to be Booker is even getting better. I mean, it's a different kind of team. I know what you're saying. And usually yeah. play teams that lose you're dead, right. You're dead, right. It's just, it's so different because we're so young and Tyler I know Hero's you never know what's going to happen. He sucked. Yeah, I know, but he wasn't Booker. He wasn't Mikhail Bridges. He was at one time where people thought he could be Booker, and I even said like he has a chance maybe if he puts in the work. But the dude doesn't do the work. These guys do the work. They're gonna they're gonna prove it next year. I don't, you know, the the fall off and losing the championship might be a, a thing, but a team this young to lose, unless you're the OKC Thunder who lost before with Kevin Durant and those three guys, and then just blow it up later. Unless that happens, I think the Suns are okay. No, I, I agree with you. I really do. I think that we're in that top three or four teams heading into next season. And that's because I'm a pessimistic Suns fan. And even after a finals run, I'm pessimistic. I can't help it. It's who I am. All right. One last thing I want to talk about before we get out here, team USA, they will be playing for the gold tomorrow, seven 30 Arizona time. So that's going to be really fun to see, uh, see them play for the gold to kind of get their act together, to have a chance to revenge the loss to France. Did you see the end of the, the Slovenia versus France game? no no i didn't oh, actually man they uh, france wins by one point uh one guy on i don't know his name it wasn't luka Doncic who took the final shot for slovenia but a guy's driving to the hoop going up has a layup to win it and nick nick batum swats it out of there and it just they win the game so they went they won 90 to 89 they will play the the team usa tomorrow um what are your thoughts on team usa have you been watching mm-hmm and, and yeah, what are your yeah. Thoughts I watched. I watched the second game and I watched the last game. So there's only been four games total, right? That counted. Is that? True? Yeah. Yes. They okay. beat. No. No. There's there's five total games that count. They they lost to France. They beat Iran, Czech Republic, Spain, and Australia. Okay. So I've only watched two, but it, it's fun to watch them because even like with this last game when they couldn't make a shot, their defense is really there. They really care, and I think a lot of it. You, you heard a lot about Pop falling off and all that, but. I mean, these players have to do it themselves. You know, whether or not Pop can coach them or not, I mean, they have the tools really to defeat any of these guys. Even if size is an issue sometimes, it shouldn't be. And I just the way Booker is out there right now playing for Team USA, he just seems like – I just remember his first All-Star game, how lost he seemed on the floor with all those stars. Now he seems like he's a leader, a guy out there that fills the court more, doing a lot more rebounding. He can just fill his space where he's at. And what I mean by that is just you, you can see his presence out there whether it's on defense or offense, like the way he tries on each play and how he is a leader. And I just think that he's just, he's, that's his next evolution, you know, mm-hmm. like the last part of this year into the playoffs, he became that leader. Now he's like really grasping it. And I think he's doing a hell of a job with that team. And it's just, it's crazy to have a player like that in Phoenix that we can just, we can watch day in, day out that just wants to win like Kobe wants to win a championship all the time, but then is a leader though. 
He, and he has these young players on his team here in Phoenix that he can be that guy that they can look up to. And it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling as a Suns fan. It's fun to watch. I mean, I think a team USA basketball and I go all the way back to the original dream team, 92 Barcelona. I mean, I was like nine years old and that was just everything to me, man. That whole experience, like you go back, you watch the documentaries on like NBA TV, which you don't have, so you don't get to watch those documentaries. Uh, but it's really fun because I remember <laughs> that very, very vividly as a kid. So I've always been a big fan of Olympic basketball. And there was there was the team after that, which had like Reggie Miller on it. And then you had like, they lost and then the redeem team and all that stuff. And it's, it's fun because it's, it, at, like as you mentioned, like as a Suns fan, it's really cool because Devin Booker's out there representing us and JaVale McGee now. Welcome to the team, JaVale. But it's like the All-Star game where you're watching the player hoping that your guy does well. And Devin Booker looked amazing this past game. You know, he's had he's had a couple stinkers. You know, he's, he's had a, a couple games where he just, you know, he was turning the ball over, didn't necessarily uh, look very locked in offensively, but defensively, he looked really, really good. And you look at this last game that he had against Australia, seven for 10 from the field, three for five from deep, a total of 20 points. Uh, he had three rebounds, um, but he really looked locked in on both sides of the court. And you're rooting for him. I love the headband. I love everything about it. Uh, and they needed him to because this, the Team USA was not looking too great to begin. But then it was like him and Kevin Durant kind of took the game over. And I love seeing that moment because Kevin Durant made a comment earlier in the week about how like Devin Booker is like 24 years old, but he's got this, the, the savviness and the veteran uh, feel about him like a 36 year old. Like he's an old soul. He's just a, all business. He knows what to do. And like, that's what we have here in Phoenix. And it's only going to get better. And, and, you know, we've talked about this in the past and like having Devin Booker on the Olympic team is going to do so much for him. Like it, it just, it exponentially, it grows and it grows, you know, one, it, it validates him to his fellow uh, Americans who are out there, you know, uh, on playing for team USA, it validates him with his fellow basketball players. You know, he's a part of a team USA basketball team. It allows him to develop some relationships with those guys. And again, you know, JaVale McGee, that's most likely going to happen no matter what, you know, like you said, Chris Paul's talking to him at the end of the Denver series, but having Devin Booker talk to him while they're over in Tokyo probably doesn't hurt. You know, I don't know if maybe one day Kevin Durant makes his way to Phoenix at the back end of his career and just wants to play with Devin Booker because he likes them. They're two personalities that mesh well together because Devin Booker isn't the flashy screaming, yell at your face. He's a business first dude. And guess who's just like that? Kevin Durant. So I think that there's just so many positive things about him playing. Uh, the other side of, of team USA basketballs that I wanted to point out is Damian Lillard. Damian <laughs> Lillard is not good in international play. Like he just isn't like, defenses are allowed to be physical with him, which he hates. And if you were physical with him in the NBA, like you're called for a foul. Like I'll still never forget a play where like Ricky Rubio was looking at him and Damian Lillard jumped up and Rubio stands straight up and he like glided by him and they called a three point foul, you know? So you take that, <laughs> you take that into effect. And then you see that like Damian Lillard is not a good defender. So again, mm -hmm. physicality isn't where da Damian Lillard lives and he's been hurting team USA. It's like my one observation I wanted to say it, tell <laughs> somebody so i'm telling you and all the jamsters i'm like dame lillard as great as he is in the nba would suck internationally he's too small and like his he's bricking the unless he's shooting great you know which is it comes and it goes but like the defenses are allowed to wear him down 
thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're totally right. And you know who thrives off of physicality is Booker. Is Devin Booker. He, he does loves because it. How many times has he been called for like push offs and stuff like that? Because he, oh, likes to in the NBA finals, now. that's what he was doing. And like I was watching yeah. the game against Australia, and like all I was doing was watching Booker off ball. And every time anyway would get ready to cut, he just like fucking arm shiver him. He's like, if you're yeah. gonna cut, you're gonna earn it. You know, and that's the kind of shit he was being called. Like, uh, it was against the the Clippers where he was that when he fouled out. There was one game where he fouled out. Maybe it was in the Tucker. It was, yeah, was maybe it the Clippers it was, one. No, it was the finals. <clears throat> but I mean, he he okay. he got a ton of fouls in the playoffs because he was he plays physical, and all of a sudden mm. in the playoffs, it's a physical brand of basketball. But the NBA, the, the refs are too soft, man. They just every little ticky tack. You I throw know. a guy off his center of gravity, and it's like a foul. The F, the FIBA, I love their breakaway foul. It's like listen. Oh, you, I love that. That's isn't that a great? Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, maybe a, one free throw, not two, maybe one. Yeah, maybe one in the ball. But you know Bring what? Bring that should, to the NBA. I penalty. love that. There should be a penalty for stopping those fast breaks. Like you lost on offense, you turned the ball over, and now you're rewarded by allowing yourself to that set awesome. defensively. It's stupid. I couldn't believe that existed. I was oh, like, it was, is this a dream? Great. I'm like, bring this over here and just do the one foul, just one free throw, and then the ball. You, yeah. It, so, it'll, it'll, it'll negate kill. all that shit. There are yes. no more fast breaks, and no team knows what to do with a freaking fast break anymore because there's none of them. Yeah, they, they don't know how to adjust like, to it. They're, they're waiting like, for the uh, whistle. The hoop and they just throw it out of bounds. <laughs> but I, I really, you know, again, this this sucks because I'm sitting in a room in Phoenix, Arizona, and nobody gives a shit. But I really wish that the NBA officials would mirror FIBA. I love FIBA rules. How close like do you think they are doing that, though? They've talked about this upcoming season and hopefully following this Olympics. Yeah, but see, but then, but then you have the NBA PA, and you have the Dame Lillers and the Trey Youngs and the people who are going to have a seat at that table and be like, "Well, no, man, like this is how I make a living. This is how I put food on on the table for my family is by drawing bullshit fouls and getting to the line and scoring twenty three points a night." It's like, dude, you would score fucking twelve points a night if you weren't allowed to do and play the way that you are. Yeah, and I just no, like I want it. I love the physicality, and that's why France will be a tough game tomorrow because they are a physical team with an interior presence, and they and they uh, they play every passing lane. So another thing I noticed that's very active in FIBA play are how after a rebound, everybody's hands are up playing the passing lane because in the NBA, you have to get back as fast as you can because everyone's trying to run you off the floor. And this, they're like, they're, they, they play defense the entire time. It's so much, it's such a, it's been such a fun brand of basketball it. to watch i really have so i enjoy it. it's it's quick there's nothing there's no i've not complained minute, about one thing yeah, i mean i think it messed over up in like an hour and 45 minutes yeah they call like a technical when there's a fast break for you at uh, team usa last night and there was a technical so they called and stopped playing yes, that's the only stop, thing that stopped really the fast was break up. that was it though yeah so i mean again it's been fun to watch team usa i hope they go and win the gold because fuck french man no i'm just kidding i love all of our we have a lot of uh good twitter buddies who are French, uh, Mbappe for MVP, another uh, great follow. Um, but I love a lot of uh, our French cohorts. It's going to be fun to play that game. It's redemption for Team USA, as that is like only the, what their sixth loss ever in the Olympics was to France at the beginning of this tournament. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm is. excited. Sorry, yeah. I don't know if you're... It's going to be a good time. All right, all right last, <laughs> last, last question before we get out of here, Matthew. Uh, are yeah. you excited for Hard Knocks? I am. Are you really excited, or are you just saying... Dallas that? Cowboys, right? Yeah. No, I was just watching the game earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, I was watching yeah. too. I, I was like, oh, football. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm actually, it's crazy how, I love how this season ended in the NBA, and then you just have the off season, the Olympics. Of course, Olympics aren't going to be all the time, but, and then football. Like, just keep it this way. Why can't they keep it this way? It's perfect. I don't know. Yeah, you're it is dead, so perfect. You, you, you're 100% right. Like, start the season a little bit later, 
because guess what? The season starts right in the middle of football's going on and like baseball world series. Yeah. Like start around Christmas. We've always said this, like make opening day, Christmas day. Like that should be your kickoff of your season. All of the eyes of the world will be upon you. And then yes, you end in July and then everything just flows really nice. You know, we've got this nice flow to it. The, you know, preseason starts for football and then college football starts and then regular season football starts then baseball, you know, the play. And it's just, it's this good kind of natural flow to sport, but it all goes back starting this upcoming season where the NBA draft so will be something, dumb. you know, it's at the end of June. Yeah, I know they, they it's had a really chance. A bummer, to, they really had a chance to make it right. Yeah. And they, they swung and they missed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And football is a different monster football. I mean, we love the Suns, but football is just like, Oh, fantasy football. There's just, Oh yeah. It just makes me so excited. I got to pick, I got to pick my keepers, me. you know, yeah. <laughs> in all the right I places. Can, huh? Dude, even I couldn't wait to get home and watch the, the, uh, field Cowboys goal misses. Steelers. Oh, I know the field goal misses. <laughs> yeah, they, look, yeah. they look really, really bad. Yeah. Oh, well, well, you know, I guess on that note, uh, Jamsters will be live right after the summer league game on the eighth. So that game, I believe, starts at 7.30, if I am correct. So it should end right around 9.30. Uh, so we'll go live, talk about what we saw there, try to figure out some of these roster guys. I mean, there's there's Jalen Smith, and then there's Jaylene Smith, who's like, yeah. spelt like Jalen Smith, but has got one extra E. It's like, thanks, mm-hmm. Suns, for, for putting that out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the content doesn't stop here on the Suns Jam Session just as because the season has. So we appreciate everybody who's been hanging out with us watching this live and again if you're listening on the dry heat uh network you know it's a new network that we're on but the nice thing is our podcast is its own feed it's not under the bright side of the sun podcast network anymore uh we truly appreciate it you know thank you for supporting us through all of this and you know this transition everything and if you are on apple podcast if that's where you're consuming this content please go leave us a five-star review We've got a five-star review from JI11YD, uh, Jilly D is probably what that's, that spells. It says, love the podcast, great perspective. Uh, Tartar Control 20 gave us a five-star review and said, this is a great Suns podcast to check out. These guys are very knowledgeable about the team and always have great insight. Highly recommended, go Suns. And that 5 guyer said, you guys are on the, you guys are the Javon Carter, I know, he's gone, of Suns pods. Always working hard and underappreciated. Uh, met you guys in person, which made my postseason keep hang, or keep on keeping on. So thank you, that five guy, for that review. We really appreciate it. So cool. a, yeah, again, you. if if you are on Apple Podcasts, give us those five star reviews. Let's everybody know where to get the best Phoenix Suns content. On that note, I think we're out of here, Matthew. You got anything else to say before we get out of uh, this lovely little uh, podcast that we're doing uh, here, guy? No, man. I feel like it's been forever, but uh, go home, love your family. Sounds good. We'll see you guys on the 8th after that Summer League game. Take care, everybody. Have a good night.